Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansoor, and I'm joined as always by my preparing for our hurricane co-host Alexander Volt. Say hello. Hello. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's a whole new discography per episode, except for these EAE singles episodes where we discuss one new album at a time. And what are we discussing today? We're discussing the latest album by Oxbow entitled Love's Holiday. Ooh, I, I know our Patreons are excited about this one. Oh, indeed. Check out the Patreon. Please check out the Patreon. This is big, big time news for a podcast like us, but not for the rest of the world. Yeah, this this may be our most like hotly requested like new album yeah that's an interesting one also i made a comment about the hurricane uh this episode is coming out a week after that so maybe we died maybe we didn't we'll see our our friend hawk was like i don't think it's gonna be a big deal i was i and i told him i was like have you seen what the pacific north like we're engulfed in flames right now and then i saw a clip of like lightning coming out of a volcano i was like we're dead we're dead which volcano i call bull to be fair i was driving back from northern california and on the way back it was like 90 degrees at you know like 9 p.m Mm -hmm. full-on lightning storm and it it felt very apocalyptic yes so whatever we might be dead right now that's cool we could be dead we could be dead hello (laughs) let me see uh, volcano in Guatemala. Uh, oh, that's a have these like crazy like lightning bolt. That's a uh, very apocalypto. Yes, that, that was a terrible. Fuck, that was awful. Sorry, but uh, Oxbow. We're talking about Oxbow. This is a cool band. Uh, prior experience with Oxbow? Very, very little. I've heard the Thin Black Duke, and I had I had no idea how long they they've been around. They're basically as old as i am i didn't realize that i have so little experience with this band and i'm a little bit ashamed uh because our boy tom osman who should all follow and support and help because he helps us and he does a lot of things for us our history guy he's a huge oxbow fan and he turned me on to them uh through our many uh email uh, transpondences mm-hmm. that's not the right word is it transpondencies i don't know whatever conversations and uh, that's how I learned about the antics in Legend of Eugene S. Robinson. Yes, I've I've always like seen his name brought up, but they're they're kind of infrequent when they decide to gift the world with new albums. Yeah, I uh, they've been so they've been around a good while. I've never heard a full length. This is my first full length Oxbow not, album. Not even the Thin Black Duke. Not, I've oh, heard but- it. Nothing. I've only seen like. Uh, uh, live footage. Okay, and the live footage is excellent. Not okay, not is, is it weirdly good audio quality and mm-hmm. video quality? But then you get to see what Eugene's all about, and what yeah. he's all about is taking off his clothes on stage. I mean, every time his thing is to take off his clothes, <laughs> and within, I mean, within a couple minutes, his pants are off, shoes still on. How that happens, I don't fucking know. But that's kind of his 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 main thing. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Uh, the the music videos for this are are very entertaining. While we're t- uh, it's not you know not the same as live, but I mm. I watched a few of the music videos. I very much like the the fencing and the. I still have not seen them. I yeah. actually I neglect music videos 
100% of the time. Yeah. 99.8% of the time I do. I was just so taken by this album that I I wanted to put visuals to it. And then Apple Music has like the music videos right there at the bottom. So it that's was right. Very easy to. So uh, we might as well jump into the album a little bit. You enjoyed it. I, I, lo- I love it. We're. We're eating so good this year for it's, heavy music. It's a good year for heavy music. We've gotten a lot of great albums so yes, far. We're talking about more as the as the weeks go on. Yes. I am going to make some heartbreaking decisions in the year-end episode. I, I'm already thinking about it, like what's what I'm going to decide on, because this is great. This is great. And uh, what I find also fun is that this is the beginning of my Oxbow journey. And if we pretty, I guess me too. More or less, yeah. Because I've I heard it, but I never was like, oh, I need to dig deeper or like see them live. And so I guess if we ever do an Oxbow episode in the future, it'll be fully chronicled on this podcast, mm-hmm. which I think is nice. But uh, I I always feel very conflicted of of how, where to to start a new band if we're not covering them on the pod. When obviously we'd start with the first album, yeah. So I always feel conflicted starting with the most recent album. Mm-hmm. I did that with uh, Trail of Dead, yeah. Uh, and here, I think it served its purpose of, I want to hear more. Uh-huh. So I think it's, it's a fine entry point. I don't know if it's the best entry point because I haven't heard the others, but yeah, this album is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Really cool. Um, I looked up a little track by track breakdown they did in flood magazines. So mm-hmm. I got a better picture of what they were trying to do here because i think the lyrics are very important in an album like this and they talk a lot about the the duality of love uh for example 1000 hours is like you could take that as a good thing or a bad thing where like oh where did a thousand hours go i was having so much fun or that felt like a thousand hours it was never gonna end yeah and i think this album does a great job of capturing um beauty or heartbreak depending on the mood you're in which it's this like one of the like greatest like love stories ever told where you're on these highs and sometimes you're being dragged through the the mud and you're like is this worth it Uh and just that that duality of you can take these as good or bad things depending on how you frame it i found very interesting it is interesting especially with a band like this like yes given a a a master class on love you never guess with this kind of thing his this eugene's voice is just so awesome too and he does sing like it on the black duke but i wasn't as well versed in in music and it's it's this crazy hybrid of captain beefheart and chris cornell to me interesting because he's not like a a singer singer he's not like like belting out like he's doing weird david yow shit not like david yow yeah. but that's the closest comparison i can think of at the top of my head it's it's so interesting to because for <laughs> it's like he's kind of channeling being a crooner at, at some at point some, at some point in this sure. album and it it fucking works it does work uh we have some a couple notes from our boy tom osmond please again follow him because he interviewed the whole band 
um, pretty recently uh, on, a, on a podcast for Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. You can find a link to that in the description. Check out the full interview. It's very, very cool. Very cool stuff. And it was all regarding this album. And uh, you brought up uh, 1000 Hours, which that song fucking absolutely rules. It features uh, Roger Joseph Manning Jr., who's a he's, a he's a keyboard man. He's a very he's a keyboard man. I don't know any of his I don't any of his stuff personally. Yeah, I didn't know if he was um, playing an instrument or the vocals because that song has this choir. This choir yeah. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that this sounds like something you'd hear in and like a philharmonic it's yeah it it's could so also, crazy it could also be part of the synth just the that's true too. um he's he's in, he's in like jellyfish the moo cookbook the licorice quartet um he does a bunch of stuff again i'm not familiar with any of it but god that song is absolutely gorgeous dark and melancholy uh really great guitar leads and layers mm -hmm. uh eugene sounds fucking weak and dying really hopeless he sounding he sounds like that at a few points and yeah. um i do like in in some ways, the opening two tracks, they are the most energetic and they're kind yeah. of misleading. Very. But also, I'm like, that's how love is. You you rarely or maybe never start off love from a low point. I'm, yeah, it wouldn't take off, I imagine. No. So it, I'm like, oh, after reading that, I was like, oh, that makes sense to have these like high energy yeah, things, things in the beginning. And then you kind of get more sentimental or yeah. depressed or whatever yeah, you hit the, yeah. the the reality of of whatever it is but for uh 1000 hours some of the things that tom tom noted that he got from the interview he says uh, that eugene doesn't ever sing when they're practicing songs uh it's always been like that the other the other guys work on the songs together and eugene list just listens figuring out lyrics mm -hmm. so they have no idea what he's going to sing until he records it oh One man really interesting approach to making music that the whole band has no idea what this fucking madman's gonna come in with honestly that sounds like the best way to do these songs for though. these songs in this kind of band and his type of approach 100 percent. yeah because uh i always find that i mean it's different when it's a full band i imagine but like there's something about uh writing lyrics after a song is completely finished mm -hmm. where uh, I mean, it changes everything. It changes it the whole song. Uh, I think it's far uh, more realistic and interesting and, and better for a band. Like if you're a solo person, I mean, I make this, my music by myself. So it's like I'll get attached to the song without vocals and lyrics. Mm -hmm. So when I try to make vocals and lyrics for it, it changes completely and it becomes a very difficult, lengthy process, mm. which is uh, I think for. A, gr a group dynamic that's actually way more effective and way more re you know realistic and good but it's also i like the wild card aspect of the band doesn't know what's going to happen yeah it's just i don't it kind of feels like it'd be be wasted not to right like his vocal performances and apparently live performances just sound so crazy like they sound crazy they look crazy they are crazy Tom also said uh, the uh, the Nico Nico the, the guitarist slash mm -hmm. pianist arranger uh, used to use a lot of alternate tunings. He more or less stopped doing that uh, on the previous album because it was too much hassle to have to keep retur uh, returning guitars on stage. Boy, do I fucking get that! Oh Holy yeah, crap. I I believe in the retuning, not returning. Um, I don't know if he bought it up to Tom. I think it was Nico or Dan who also bought up working out melodies like as they were putting their kids to bed 
are like getting up to take care of their their kids their families and stuff so uh, it's such like, a realistic approach to making music for a band like this it's like when you're at your foggiest right <laughs> like also when you have your your real life it's not like this it's not the romantic uh starving artist you're on your own you're on the road you're mm-hmm. in a, a, a studio with nothing or you're not like um super loaded in your your home studio it's you're taking care of your fucking kids yeah you're still working your job you're still like that's the kind of band this is a real blue collar group of guys they are the most blue collar oh yeah and it just kind of comes through even though this is a really in some ways like a grandiose album but it's just like you can you can feel it yeah um what else is uh, what else is good here? Uh, I I love some of the lyrics and it makes me excited to to go back and listen to them. Like um, there's like the double entendre on icy white and crystalline mm-hmm. when he says you don't know how heart burns, but it's it's phrased in such a way that it sounds like like literal heartburn. Uh-huh. Um, and then lyric lyric of the year for me on the second talk fucking is a dangerous game <laughs> yes it is yes it is i i just i just paused it and i didn't even let him finish it i was just like you are you got it there you got that right brother can you win a nobel prize for music because he's such a fucking interesting guy and a very insightful guy well i guess since we're were this going to be all over the place yeah. in the spirit of this in terms of him being an interesting guy uh my favorite quote from him was regarding the song the night the room started burning yeah he said this grew out of a, a dark five days in constant a hotel room eating nothing but blanc mignon which is like a dessert thing uh-huh sweating and burning the candles brightly from both ends and i'm just like <laughs> what the fuck am i reading why <laughs> why would you do that to yourself you can't question this man he'll beat you up because yeah. he's also a fighter yeah like i i could see all sorts of different scenarios for being trapped in a hotel room mm-hmm. travel issues whatever whatever <laughs> but eating nothing but dessert <laughs> that's fucking genius for five days straight yeah, yeah. sweating <laughs> sweating yeah holy shit dude eugene is is so fucking fascinating so he's like a he's a he's an mma fighter mm-hmm. uh he has like his own like youtube sh- show and channel um he's big on history uh, this is according to the, his youtube about uh you, history U, ufoology literature <laughs> philosophy uh, uh not ready for primetime humor sex comedy uh and he's also a journalist of course award-winning journalist and yeah. author uh he he's just all over the place he's he, such an interesting just, what, most inter- interesting guys in underground music period it, yeah doesn't stop um for some of the backstory, uh, for 1,000 hours, apparently, with a, it was like a really slow dirge when the band started jamming it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it ended up getting sped up. And uh, Tom says, I think it was more the drummer who had the idea of it being slower. But Nico envisioned it being more uh, kind of euphoric, which it ended up quite being. Some of the other stuff here, we have uh, the namesake of the shirt I'm wearing. Lovely Merc has Lingua Note on it, which is it got me on board already. Dude, that song... 
that song rules definitely uh, um it's i know she's like going to retire the the brutal era of lingua well she's retiring lingua i think okay, entirely yeah. so she'll this be Kristen. i think at, at the end of this fall there's there's no more lingua lingua's gone uh, okay yeah um sadly for us but yeah she's not she's one she's not singing lyrics it's vocalizing so then and then she's not pushing herself to those extremes not it's even a, close it's a very pretty part it's a gorgeous part it's a beautiful song it's a it's like emotional but it's very groovy it's not sad emotional it's just has emotion to it. I don't I, know how to explain it more than that. I've I felt the heartbreak in that song. I, I feel the heartbreak in her vocals. Yeah. Like her her layers are what make it so it's an interesting song because it, it is groovy and she has these beautiful uh just vocalizing uh you know her usual big giant uh choir voices mm-hmm. um sort of uh, backing up Eugene and around halfway it goes to this complete sudden classical break uh with these basically classical guitar lines and then lingua was doing this full-on operatic thing over it and it's so fucking mournful and gorgeous uh and the the guitar videos that he's doing there are really impressive really cool and then hops right back into the to the main thing apparently Kristen um or Ling, or lingua whatever Kristen vocals were sent to the band she didn't actually record with them and tom says as much as i've grown to like this album quite a lot i think it does show that it's made in an age where people can record parts separately uh which is kind of the mo these days mm-hmm. uh i think back to Mike Pad's Peeping Tom, and that was like one of the kind of one of the first albums where nobody was in the same room who recorded that album. Mm-hmm. Everybody's parts were recorded like different parts of the world, and now it's everybody. Now everybody can do that. Yeah, it's it's almost become the norm. Um, yeah, which is ah, it can be cool. There can also be distance and and a coldness to it, but yeah, not uh, as much chemistry. Um, you don't feel it on this album. No, it's super. It's super well done. Uh, and the the choir elements and the really semi symphonic elements are beautifully done. Like a, like a full choir opens up, all gone, all gone, rocked rocked me. Yeah, like a hurricane. Not not in like a rocking way, like a, right, an, yeah. an emotional an emotional hurricane. It is. It. I mean, that choir dips in and out throughout the whole song, and it's, it's really floaty. Has these, has this piano holding things together. Uh, along with fucking stand-up bass, which sounds great. Mm-hmm. Heavy, but devastating and gothic. Uh, it's beautiful, but it's fucking painful. Yeah. The the exact quote that I was talking about earlier um, from Dan. Dan's the, uh, the, the pianist or yeah. the key player, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry the, um, the, bass. the bass player. Yeah. Um, he says, uh, it's beautiful, honoring the way that intensifies exposing the brilliance of being alive, even when one might not want to be. Oh, I get it. Oh, oh man. Oh. man. So, yeah. God damn, that fucking hurts. And yeah, I I felt it even before I read that. The And yeah, the piano is, is great. It's just- Definitely. Around 3.30, it just rips my fucking heart out. Like, uh, beautiful agonizingly beautiful choir comes on with his driving 4-4-B and the sorrowful piano. Uh, a fucking great song. One mm-hmm. of the best here. Um, the dessert depression filled the night started burning. Oh, the night the room started burning. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, 
I really, I really made me think of King Crimson's Red a lot. Oh, the the whole album. Al- yeah, the whole album, not just the the, the song. song. Yeah, and yeah. I don't. They're they're tapping into a lot of unique things, but it's still it's still Oxbow. This album, as as the songs go on, is it just gets darker and fucking darker and darker. And by the time the night the room started burning, comes on. It might be my favorite song in the album, or one of the favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I just adore those guitar lines. They're like, I mean, there's some unbelievably beautiful moments on that one with some really great buildup. But I love the arrangements. They have these, these again, there's more uh, choral vocals on there, but they're very amb- ambient, very peripheral. Prefer- yeah, they're very peripheral. Um, it's just fucking nice. And I mean, it's all devastating and dark, but it's, it's just nice. Uh, and and a, another example is uh, track seven, which is just you know quotation marks it's just like it's, some plucking yeah it's it's 30 seconds uh it's a 30 second interlude and it's just fucking lovely it serves its perfect purpose and then some it's it's just a 30 second beautiful interlude uh takes up no space but waste no, none of your time by doing so i do kind of appreciate that this band who probably i'm going to assume has a lot of music that's off-putting to normal people yeah but i feel like you could show normal people million dollar weekend yeah you could show normal people a few tracks off here but maybe a couple yeah million dollar weekend it meant the strings on that and they're not i don't think they're real strings i think they're the synth strings mm. but they sound fucking great uh and yeah, it, like the songs keep getting darker and darker, but they also get deeper and more intimate as they as they go on. Uh, Eugene is another; it's another one. He sounds like like weak and dying and uh, really draggy and sad. You know what else I appreciate about this album that I realized right now when we're talking about all these like different layers on these tracks is they are kind of put forth minimally. You're it's never like a wall of sound no you can really distinguish everything that's happening it's it's like masterfully using i'm exaggerating but like you can only do these things how do you get the most out of them and it's just a a good excuse to be kind of minimal while also being like we have choirs and it's mixed really well it's not it's a heavy album it's not like chunky chuggy crunchy heavy Mm -hmm. it's not like it, you're gonna blast it loud and it's gonna fuck you up. It's just uh, everything is very—I uh, don't want to say itemized, but you can really hear every individual instrument and every individual texture, mm-hmm. which makes it easy to kind of dissect. Even though it's not—it's not like the most uh, sonically satisfying from mm-hmm. a heavy standpoint. Because like you look at the the opener, um, uh, "Dead Ahead," where it's that's probably more of an, an oxbow. A, a typical like, oxbow kind of song. I'm gonna assume. That yeah, is. but it's not like super heavy. It's dissonant and strange, and it, it's really quirky. Uh, with and the the bass is really dirty and heavy, and it sounds fucking awesome. But it's not like it doesn't like kick ass or anything. It's not gonna like you're not gonna bang your head to it. It's just like it's heavy in a Jesus lizardy kind of way. I also like the unsettling, like weird high pitched vocals on that song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Jesus Lizardy, you got uh, the second talk, which is toward the end is where things start getting a little bit more toward the stepping away from the at least musically stepping away mm-hmm. from the emotional and beautiful and back to like the noisy and oxbow 
It's like razor sharp slide guitar with these pained Eugene screams. They uh, those those ones like reverberate through my soul. Yeah, They're, the screams. Yeah, it's yeah. just I was like, I know you guys don't pay like you deserve more money, but the money you do earn every penny. They need more pennies. That's for they sure. They need more pennies. Th- those slides really remind me of Beefheart slides. Mm. Uh, when I think of uh, maybe some of the stuff, some of like the later era stuff, like ice cream for crows kind of stuff. Um, the yeah, really beef hearty and slides. I, that's the only way I can put it. But it has like it really reminds me of Jesus, Jesus lizard without sounding like the Jesus lizard. Uh, just has like the I don't know the the spirit of it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, the song kind of loses me a little bit toward the end, but it's still strong. Uh, and then Gunwell, the closer, is... This is a, a weird combination of words. Angelic, brutal sludge? Yes, because at this point, which is... You, I'm going to assume some things because they were kind of vague about it. But from my perspective, it's like this is the end of the relationship you're beat down you're you're dragged out you're crawling through the mud wondering is this even worth it that is painful and the song is painful it's yes. not like depressing but it, it is punishing it's a it's a it's sludgy as fuck uh i mean it's intense brutal sludge but with the full-on choral vocals and organs it's I, it's, I would say it's oddly hopeful sounding, even though Eugene is screaming like he's dying and, and the bass is so low and heavy, you can you can barely qualify them as notes. Well, yeah, I think you can you can get both from it yeah. the way they, they talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, if you're rep- applying the 1,000 hours logic. That is true because th- those angelic, angelic layers behind everything may give it a feel unlike any Sludge song I've ever heard. No. Ever. Yeah. It's... Much like in the spirit, it's it's more like in the spirit of sludge metal versus. Yeah, because obviously as someone who doesn't know sludge or enjoy sludge wouldn't know the difference. But uh, I can't compare it to any sludge I've, I've heard for sure. Because when I think of sludge, I think of obviously slow and heavy, but kind of it, it pumps you up. It's mean. That's not mean. It's not a mean song. Yeah, this is not. This is not something. And also, I feel like sludge. It's kind of easy to to pivot into some psychedelic things. This uh, that song never does that. Yeah, you, you couldn't even imagine it going to that place. So, I really like the uh, like the colors they're using and the the different genres to make this this as someone who's not very familiar with Oxbow. This like unique kind of audit. I think even for Oxbow, because they record kind of infrequently, yeah. like here's this this immaculate crafted album and you may not know where we're coming from, but you're going to like it. I, and I put a huge asterisk next to you're going to like it because, I mean, it, it's beautiful. It's brutal. It's groovy. It's hooky. It has it all, but it is far from accessible. If you're like us, you're going to love it. If you're like us, I guess. That's the asterisk. Yeah, because yeah, it is. Because even at its most beautiful, it still has really abrasive and usual choices. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is like a yeah. There's a huge little caveat that like it's it's brilliant and beautiful and and really uh, smart, but it is a lot. <laughs> it's not like it's not like 
extreme metal a lot where you just put it on and everyone and you put it on for someone who's not ready for it and they're like, oh, turn this off. Fuck this. Yeah. It would be like, this is weird. I don't know. I don't really know how to feel about this. Why Why did you put on a homeless man screaming at me right now? That's typically our favorite kind of music is homeless <laughs> man screaming anyway. David Yao. David Yao. Every singer from Cannes, <laughs> as we discussed last week. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's complex. It's insanely creative and totally unique, but it requires a lot of listens and a lot of open-mindedness to really digest and understand if you're not already kind of in this camp of what oxbow is as a band yes so i think if uh if you're cool like your patreon members and you listen to cool music this is you can you can't ignore this album this year it's just i've i've put all the words i can almost i'll say almost all the words i can it's a good fucking album it's it's certainly unlike and we've covered a lot of eclectic albums this year so already yeah a good amount of them checked all those out by the way please and this fits in with none of them i mean i get again for nerds like this makes no fucking sense i don't like to use the term avant-garde there's just there's something dirty about it i associate that term with a lot of dicking around in uh, mm. uh, purpose purposely like uh this is not musical mm, this I, is more experimentation than music yeah to me it's also a a big net and i've n- yeah. never heard it in a way i liked but uh, that word avant-garde noise rock or something yes something like that that's oddly pretty and loving even if it is painful and or maybe maybe it depends on your mood maybe one day you're going through it and you're like i really i really felt the pain or maybe you're like i i love this person so much and you listen to this and you can hear the 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 love for whoever i want to meet the woman this is about this is yeah (laughs) this is the noise rock version of charles bradley's victim of love oh check out that episode of a long long time ago that's that's the funk cousin of this album holy shit yeah because eugene is officially a victim of love he's a victim of love Yeah. yeah man with he is one great vocalist like because he's got a style so i'm not gonna i'm i don't like i I no longer like referencing uh alexis marshall because he's a fucking psycho asshole Mm -hmm. but he's a a good example of what i think of when i think of a straight up david yell copycat who doesn't really do who doesn't have like his own i don't know character Mm -hmm. i mean like daughters of the band but i never liked his vocals Mm. uh and this is like you could put it in the same playing field as that kind of uh uh, birthday party, Nick Cave, David Yao, uh, where they're losing their shit, but it, can, it is entirely his own style, his own personality, his own unique thing where no one sounds like him, but you can at least associate it with something you've heard before, like a David Yao or Nick Cave. Yeah, you, you have the language to describe it and reference it to other things, but when you hear it, it's entirely his own. Yes. It's great. I fucking love his voice. And it has this like really tough quality to it. Especially in songs like Dead Ahead when he's like more shouty and barky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get this stuff like, yeah, All, All Gone or A Thousand Hours where he's just kind of groaning and it sounds sad and he's dying. <laughs> or even because in, yeah, in Lovely Merc, there's, or Lovely, yeah. Lovely, lovely Merc, yeah. There's like a scene where he's like ascending to the heavens. So it's like, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, it's a cool album. You guys got to support Oxbow. They fucking rule. And 
we we will I guess do a full episode on the band band's discography if we, if we can and I, we can get around to it I at some be, point. I uh, my jaw hit the floor when it said they'd been active since '88. I was like, two, damn! I was like '99 at the earliest. It's it's so crazy, man. The, yeah, the first release is '89. Yeah. yeah, that's at least according to their their Bandcamp, which I imagine is up to date and has everything they did because mm-hmm. they're not exactly receiving. Uh, boatloads of cash for this music considering I, I imagine they all have day jobs but they fucking should god damn it this is the kind of band that makes me sad along with I, even though swans is like the top end of mm-hmm. successful for what they do they're still broke and they still mm-hmm. like spend all their money on each album this is what i mean where like every member has to have a day job and it's not fair that they they struggle because they're creating they're creating real fucking art man they're really putting their ass out there really putting their entire heart in this and they're so good at it yeah uh, and if you look at the live footage, they're one of my favorite examples of a band where they're not counting Eugene. There's three dudes on stage making this music and it sounds gigantic. And you wonder how the fuck three people can make that. I think the mm-hmm. same with like a shellac. Oh, okay. How the fuck do three people make this big of a sound on yeah. stage? It's so impressive. I, I love it so much. Definitely going to try. I see they're in the UK yeah. currently, but, uh, you know. They're playing the region uh, in November in LA. I, I really hope I'm in town for that. I honestly don't know if I will be. To quote uh, Mr. James Ingram featuring Michael McDonald. Yamo be there. Oh. oh my. James Ingram. He's the guy who did this song and then it's featuring. Really? Michael Mc... It's so Jamo B is not even Michael McDonald? Michael McDonald is on it and sings it, but it's not technically his song. Dude, 40-Year-Old Virgin gave Michael McDonald that song. You know what? Michael McDonald can have a lot of things as far as I'm concerned. He's this... Yeah. He is the, the Yacht Rock version of Eugene. Oh, I... <laughs> this all over this crazy choices and eugene's that good that i'm not going to call him the michael mcdonald the the noise rock version of michael mcdonald yeah i know it's the other way around it is the other way around (laughs) holy shit uh well i suppose i keep forgetting the song i keep forgetting is an equivalent of this album i keep forgetting Sorry. Shout out to Steely Dan. Check that out. Oh, if you want fucking Yacht Rock. Jesus. H. Christ. But check out the album <laughs> if you like weird abrasive music and if you're a nerd like us. Uh, and yeah, if you support the band, it's fucking wild. And go check it again. Go check out that full interview with the band that uh, our boy Tom Osmond did with them from Ghost Cult Magazine. There's a link to that in the description if I didn't say that earlier, which I hope I did. You did say it earlier. Thank you, Christ. You thank did. Christ. Uh, yeah. Because uh, give it, give a band like this as much time and attention as you possibly could because they fucking deserve it and they don't make a lot of money. Uh, but I guess that about wraps it up for this little doohickey of an mm. episode. So thank you so much for listening and watching and supporting and helping. And if you if you do all that, if you don't do that all that, you can go live your life somewhere else. But if you enjoy us and you want to hang out longer, like the video, subscribe, leave some comments, talk some shit to us, tell us why we're stupid or why we're gods among men. You can follow me on all social media at Pander Monkey and Alex on Instagram at Every Album Alex. Again, please follow Tom Osmond, a history guy at Tom Osmond Sounds 
um, on all social media as well as TomOsmondSounds.com for all his music. He put out most recently an album with existent, non-existent called Industrial State of Mind. You'll find a link to that in the description uh, as well as my debut EP, Pounder Monkey. Link to that in the description uh, as well. Please, 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 patreon.com slash every album ever for all the things about us. You get to see our schedule in advance. You get to vote on polls, decide who we cover next. You get to join our Discord. Where I feel like everyone in the Discord asked for this album. Exactly. We we pull suggestions for our EAE singles episodes directly from our Discord. Uh, so go there if you want to be a part of the little be part of the little community there. And if you want a full discography request, tier two, baby, that's where you do it. So please do that. Thank you very much. Uh, we are wrapping it. What are we wrapping it with? Which song are we wrapping it with? So I feel there's two options. Do I go beautiful and heartbreaking with all gone? Or do I go lyric of the year? with the second talk where fucking is a dangerous game uh, second talk is certainly more high energy yes and a little bit more rocking hmm. I, I mean really do you all want the pain uh, or you want some ass kicking how do you feel i'm leaning more toward if you're okay with the second talk i'm I, fine with the second okay talk. i just it's it's so funny and great hearing that that line hell yeah so thanks so much for listening and watching see ya Should be taken.